Hey, Jamsters, how we doing? How we doing? Suns Media Day today, which is kind of like, you know, the kickoff, if you will. It's the first opportunity we have to see this new look 2022-23 Phoenix Suns team, and we can finally put the past behind us a little bit. So, Suns Media Day today, Matthew. How you doing, man? It's kind of like We've waited so long to get to this point where it's actually like, okay, finally, the Phoenix Suns, they're back. It's not the middle of July. It's not hot as balls out. We're not sitting there talking about the same <laughs> shit over and over again. We actually have yeah. some new players, new storylines. Uh, how you doing? Good. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear about Media Day today. And I got to watch it on ESPN. So I was working while I was watching it. It, was, it made me so pumped. I was so pumped. Seeing those jerseys, we'll talk about them. But... I mean, we're back, dude. Here we go. Another season. Everyone was talking about championships, so I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening or watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, uh, I actually attended Suns Media today, uh, Suns Media Day today. Uh, so I'll talk kind of about my experiences, some of my observations there. And it'll be really fun, Matthew, because I want to know how how you perceive some things, you know, just watching it on TV. Yeah. Because yeah. You know, it's it, it was a very interesting experience, a very interesting experience, to say the very least. Uh, for me, it's my first media day that I've gone to. I was scheduled to go to it last year. And then my company is like, hey, we need you to hop on a plane on a Monday morning and fly to Sacramento uh, for something. And I remember I was just I was so frustrated last year. I was like, <laughs> man, it's going to go to my first son's media day. Yeah. And I, I got denied. But you know what? I had the I was blessed to have the opportunity to go today uh, with the bright side of the sun gang, uh, both myself, Dave King. Uh, Damon Allred and Trevor Booth, all representing Bright Side of the Sun, were there today uh, to to, a to a ask those hard hitting questions. I'm just kidding, Matthew. I didn't ask one fucking. Question. I was going to say, are you? Did they tell you before, like, hey, it's your first time, like, no questions yet, just kind of feel it out thing, or what was it? No, uh, Dave pretty much said, like, hey, you know, um, the national guys are going to get a lot of the early questions, especially with CP3 and Booker and yeah. you know, James Jones and Monty. You know, but as time progresses and the national pundits and even some of the local, you know, Dwayne Rankin, although he was there pretty much the whole time. Uh, but, you know, Cameron Cox from Channel 12 and Mark McLuhan from Channel 3 slash 5, as they kind of filtered out to go start working on their actual stories about what they were observing. That was a good opportunity for us to ask questions. And I still I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to be back at Suns Media Day another year. I'll ask yeah. questions then. I just wanted to absorb oh. everything. Uh, I was nervous, dude. I was <laughs> nervous thinking like if I had asked a question, my heart was racing, man. You know what I mean? Because it's another level. Well, yeah, it's you like, don't want to come and get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we start the pod. I'm nervous. Now I get over it. Then we start like having people on. I'm nervous. Now I'm over it. The next thing is like asking a player a question or a coach with their kind of voice too. Like yeah. they're talking to a mountain, it's, man. It's, it's like it's, I'm going to have a conversation with you on this and I have a serious question to ask. You know, it's like yeah. uh, Mr. Mr. Booker. Is it true that you got a massive hog? Like you can't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll, they'll kick you out of the yeah. out of the presser, if you will. So you'd be done. You'll be done on that one. So <laughs> plenty to talk about relative to Suns Media Day today. Again, thank you for watching or listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you're watching along live on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button. Helps with algorithms or something. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That means you have to write something. Or if you're on Spotify, you just click five stars. We appreciate it as per usual. Matthew, you popping open something tonight to celebrate Suns Media Day? No, not tonight. I just had some peas and stuff, so I had some water to wash it down with. Well, I mean, I could utilize my <laughs> my fancy new water bottle they gave to all the media members say, you gotta, today. 
Yeah, you got a little bag going in there, or yeah, a little. They, they, they gave you a little uh, water bag. bottle, little, okay. just a little water bottle, and they gave That's me awesome. a media pass that said 2020 slash 21 on it. Uh, I saw this 21 22, right? Uh, yeah, it was last season's. Because yeah, why would yeah. Robert Sarver on his way out be like, recycle as much shit as you can? <laughs> what was your uh, one from last year you couldn't go to there you go uh but i'm gonna have another long drink you know the uh the nice. finished long drink a traditional citrus uh with grapefruit and juniper berry flavor so pop them if you got them sons fan new season's about to start so pop them let's talk about a uh, sons media day as we prepare for the 2023 season and the first question i'll ask uh is matthew what was it like consuming it on on uh espn as brunist 92 states or asks i'm sorry in the chat how was the vibe what vibe were you getting from the phoenix suns through the television set watching espn well, first of all, I was just excited because you were there. So I was looking for you <laughs> on the TV because they had the off camera whenever someone would step up to the podium. So I'm like, oh, where's John at? Did you have a hat on or no? I did. Okay. I think I, I saw did. I was, wear, I was wearing my, my work stuff. But you know okay. what? I was, tell, I was telling Dave King, I'm like, if I don't wear a hat, no one's going to recognize me. If I'm walking yeah. around rocking the bald head like this, like <laughs> no one's going to be like, Uncle Fester. Yeah. You know, so I had <laughs> like, a, like uh, I wore a hat, you know, yeah. I had to wear something that. At least people could, you know, all the Jamster faithful could recognize mm -hmm. in the room. <laughs> it was, it was cool. It was just good to see those guys in those jerseys um, coming up. It's a hard day. I mean, they had to talk about a lot having to do with Sarver and all the bad stuff that happened. So it was kind of a downer in that way. It wasn't anything that kind of gets you going in the season other than just seeing the players and just knowing that they were there at the facility, they're practicing, they've been practicing. Um, but it was, it was cool. I just, it's been a while since I've seen these players in an interview and usually interviews, I'm kind of just like, yeah, whatever. But I like to see them up there, especially starting with, uh, James Jones and Monty Williams, just hearing from those guys and just knowing like, we got a good team behind us and mm -hmm. behind them. And they have a great roster, uh, going down the roster, just, you know, towards the end of the media day. I'm like, dude, these guys, I forgot this. Dario was there. I was like, yeah, when Dario showed up. I was like, oh, okay. I was happy, but I'm even You're happy. You're standing in your was, living room, just. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was on the team because he hasn't he has played in forever. Um, but I was just I was excited for a media day. A uh, Winhorse did say that a uh, Winhorse did say on ESPN that it seemed like a dentist office waiting room in there because it was just kind of like, eh, you know yeah. what I mean? Compared to every other media day he went to, so it's interesting to hear from you, even though it's your first one. Mm -hmm. How did it feel in there? Do you feel like Winhorse was like kind of let down? Going to the media day today? Well, so I'll, I'll start with the fact that I got there early, as I, as you know me, I, I typically do, if not early or late kind of mentality. And I'm waiting for the other guys for Brightside to show up. So I'm just, I'm walking down Jackson because it happened at this uh, establishment called Events on Jackson, which is located just south of the stadium. Now, this used to be Jackson's on Fifth. This yeah, used was to that be a, that was? Yeah, it used to be a yeah. bar where back in the day, me and my friends used to get schlitzed before we go to Suns games or Dimeback games. So as I'm walking by, I'm like, oh shit, this is this is where it's at. So I'm walking, I'm texting, and as I'm texting, I kind of look up and like James Jones is just walking by me, like on the phone. Yeah. You know, this just it's very casual 
a very casual atmosphere as we prepare for, uh, you know, media day. And then I go inside, you know, I get the, uh, um, the media pass and, and I wait, you know, the guys all arrive and then we kind of go in and, and if Windhorse said that it was like a dentist's office waiting room, he nailed it. And I don't know if what, if you saw what Mark J Spears said, but he said it was one of the saddest, most somber environments he's ever been to. So from a vibe standpoint, it was, you know, there, there's a cloud that hangs over this organization as they enter this season uh, that it has nothing to do with what happened on the basketball court. You have a team that has plenty to prove uh, and they have even more to overcome relative to the organizational issues, right? They have a disgraced owner. Uh, they have a player who modeling Eric Bledsoe just doesn't want to be there. So there's not going to be a very jubilant environment in there. Uh, so as, as you go in, you know, the podium's there. You got a ton of cameras, a b- bunch of chairs, uh, which thankfully for me, there was a plenty of space because, again, as I've stayed on like three consecutive podcasts, I'm having sciatic issues right now. So like I had to kind of sit down, stand up, <laughs> sit down, stand up, stand in the back of the room, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as both of both of those and that was probably the most interesting thing to me was the fact that both Mark J. Spears and Brian Windhorst were in the room because media day is going on at all organizations Today, yesterday, you know, every every one of these 30 NBA teams is conducting these events. And you have two of these pretty heavy hitters when it comes to national pundits and influencers and reporters uh, from ESPN there in that room. And it goes to show you exactly how much of a spotlight truly is on this organization, truly is on uh, the events that have surrounded this organization leading up to this day. And as we prepare to embark upon this season. So, yeah, once I got in there and I was just kind of hanging out, I'm like, oh, shit, Windhorse is like right in front. I, I was like right there. They're like both yeah. sitting right in front of me. I was like, all right, cool. Let's just see how this plays out. Now, Windhorse didn't ask any questions. Uh, Mark J. Spears had a bunch of questions. But, of course, yeah, James him, Jones yeah. Jones is the first one to come out. And, uh, you know, boom, you're going right into the Sarver questions. And, I mean, and how, how are you supposed to be jubilant in that kind of situation? True. But also, I remember last year because of COVID, everything was everyone sitting down and the people, the players coming up to the podium one at a time. And it was the same way this year. Mm-hmm. But I always remember media day being in just a big gym where everyone's walking around, they're taking yes. pictures, they're asking questions. So I feel like that might have had something to do with it, right? A little bit. I know the questions were tough, but do you think they had it set up like this because of what happened in the offseason and all the crap that's going on with Jay Crowder and all that stuff? Because I think if they were walking around in the gym, like their new uh, practice facility, and they were doing all the um, the pictures there and all that stuff, I th- I think it might have been a little bit better. Like the the atmosphere might have been a little bit more um, of what Windhorse was looking for, a little bit more, you know, just something where he might want to come back next year <laughs> because I, I don't think anyone's going to come back again next year if it's set up that way again. Well, I mean, as you walked around the building, it was set up for. I mean, pictures were happening. You know, you you, you turn around the corner, they have oh, the big okay. spread. They had the big spread, you know, for all the media to kind of hang out because as the day progressed and as the primary hitters, you know, in CP3 and Booker had already spoke, you know, that's when a lot of the national pundits walked into the room where they could sit there with the, you know, a bunch of food and actually type out what they were going to uh, put on their sites. They had, you know, their cameramen were there. They were doing their live reports right there. I mean, if you look yeah. at the Mark, Mark J Spears, like that's I walked right behind him right before he was getting ready to do that. You know, and then just off to the side of him, you know, so there was plenty of spaces where they were taking the pictures. And that was probably one of the best moments of the entire thing is when uh, CP3 walked in. James Jones, Monty Williams was next. And then the point God walks in. That's the first time any of us really saw them 
in the new statement edition jerseys. And man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to buy any more jerseys, but I can't wait to see the merchandise that comes with this, this statement edition shit, because it looked fantastic on the players. You know, for those of you who didn't see it or haven't seen it yet, it mirrors uh, what the Suns used to wear about three seasons ago when, De when uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton was in his second year with the PHX kind of across the chest uh, when Josh Jackson was drafted, right? And yeah. you know, the, the numbers yeah. kind of have the pixel pixelization that the Valley had, but it's the piping on these things that are just, it, it's, it's fresh, man. It's fresh. Yeah, they look good on the players. These are not jerseys that I would actually buy. Uh, when I first saw them, I was like, yeah, you know, I knew they were coming out. I knew they, what they kind of looked like. You know, they're kind of taken from what Utah did again this year. You know what I mean? Everyone was kind of comparing the two. Uh, mm -hmm. But they look nice on the players. Like, they're going to look so much better on Friday nights yes. than that stupid orange that crap stupid that we had the last crap. two years. So those replace them. And I'm going to love seeing them on the court. It's going to look really good in that way. I would not buy those jerseys. The sunbursts, I love the sunbursts, but I don't think the sunbursts look as good on the players as I mm -hmm. thought they would. You know what I mean? So I was just thinking like, even like the merchandise that the Suns players are walking into with. Did you see like yeah. they had different shirts on and stuff? Those look kind of cool. Um, so there was a few shirts. I was like, oh, that looks nice. I might get a couple shirts. But the jerseys themselves, other than the Suns sunbursts, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna purchase any of them i don't think they just but they they look like da look good and a da looks the best in those in those uniforms yeah, man. he really yeah. does yeah and even cp3 man i was just like okay okay you know like nice yeah. clean clean look you know and then you you go into the standard line of questioning that the majority of the players got you know like what was your thoughts on robert sarver and and almost to a t you know uh none of you know not one player was like oh i heard him say derogatory things all of them are like that's you know it's kind of news to me uh, i feel for the people um you know everyone was at you know mark spears kind of kept asking everybody you know like as a man of color what is your take on this how do yeah. you how do you communicate that to your son and even chris paul was like i don't even, i don't even think i've talked to my son about it yeah he does say that, yeah. you know so yeah it was it, after those kind of awkward lines of of questioning you know what was interesting about the chris paul interview and i talked a little bit about this uh in between breaks with dave king is you know, Dave was like the last two seasons with Chris Paul. It was like, yo, we got to go get a championship. Let's go get a championship. And this press conference, it was more like, hey, like I enjoyed my summer. You know, I really had a good yeah. time off, you know. So it's like one of my concerning takeaways from this event, you know, two main takeaways. One, it was a somber event. It was like it was like going to a funeral. You know, it's like the death of of. of sarver which is a good thing but at the same time like organizationally it's got to be tough on just everybody because they know that this is just the beginning of this line of questioning right like this is the first opportunity that anybody had and anytime they're, they're going to have a post-game presser and they're going to sit there on a tuesday night after they beat the pelicans in new orleans and the new orleans media has an opportunity to talk to chris paul a former you know player who played in that city you know they're like hey chris paul you know you had 16 points and 10 assists tonight you know what do you, what are your thoughts on Robert Sarver using the N word? Like they're going to get this line <laughs> yeah. of questioning all season long. And you, and you can see that it's, it's already like, they're already kind of in that mind frame of like, dude, like we're already tired of this, right? They're already tired of it. That's what I took away. Yeah. And Monty did say where he, he said in the beginning where he's just like, you know, I can say one of my, my 
cheesy catchphrases. I can tell him, like, stand up in front of the team and say that. Yeah. But this is something where he doesn't feel like it's over with and that we shouldn't put it in the past. We should carry it, kind of, in a way, carry it on their shoulders through the season. Mm-hmm. Like, don't forget about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with oh, Chris the, Paul. People won't let him. No, no. It's going to happen all season, so that's what they're prepared for. Chris Paul did seem a little different. Like, I talked about his last press conference before Game 7. Like, he just seemed kind of more mellow and, like, as if basketball was just secondary, which it should yeah. be. Like, his his family's first and all that stuff, but it's kind of like it's a different kind of Chris Paul. He's more mellow. He seemed a little bit nervous, too, up there. I know he's the first player up there. He seemed, like, kind of, like, hesitant. And I was going to ask you, like, his answers were kind of off, right? Do you? I don't feel like he could hear the questions. Could you hear the no, questions the, at all? Or? The the acoustics in this place were really, really bad. Yeah, the videos I mean, people took and put on Twitter. I couldn't oh, even, I couldn't hear anything. I, I took a bunch of videos and like I'm going back right now. I'm writing some articles for Bright Side of the Sun. Uh my first one's gonna be about be about DeAndre Ayton. And I like I have yeah. my ear my AirPods in on full blast trying to, you know, transcribe some of the different quotes. And I mean the it was bad in <laughs> it's bad in there. It's and bad, you, right? Um, um, who was it? Was it DA who told somebody to speak up? Yeah, yeah. It, he told Dwayne Wayne Rankin to speak up. And did Dwayne's like, all this. Yeah, yeah. no. Because DA just, was, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, DA was in kind of, he was kind of on one. We'll talk about him momentarily. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, Chris Paul seemed like he was, you know, Chris Paul was going through the political answers. Yep. You know, he was going right down the line. And then, you know, people were asking about the offseason and he was talking how much he embraced it. And, you know, again, having that conversation with Dave King about, the different mentality, the different vibe, if you will, that Chris Paul has given off in the past. It's something that you have to keep note of and keep track of as we enter the season is how focused is Chris Paul. He's 37 years old. He's he's not on the back nine of his career, man. He's like walking into the fucking clubhouse at this point. You know, he's trying to yeah, go into the yeah. 19th hole and, and get a beer and sit down with somebody and chill. Like, un- good, bad, or indifferent, that's just the reality of, of Chris Paul. And one thing that Monty Williams stated when he was talking about, you know, his shortcomings last year is he noted that, in fact, this is a, tra- a quote I actually uh, transcribed. Uh, he said, uh, um, I think that one of the things I did not do a good job of last year is allow for other guys to grow their abilities to initiate offense, which gets a lot of pressure off Chris, which allows him to be fresher. And I think that that's something that we're going to have to really pay attention to, you know, as, as two guys yeah. who are doing post-game podcasts every game this season we're going to be taking a look at if that's indeed happening, that Chris Paul has finally kind of let go a little bit of some of the control that he craves, desires, and for you know better or worse, uh, owns as much as he can. And if other members of this team are actually going to be allowed to initiate some offense and grow and, and develop into the players that they can be. Yeah, and you never wanted to have the return of the Mike D'Antoni thing with Steve Nash. Like I always thought that was in the past, but that'll never happen again where we run one of these players into the ground. I know Mikhail played every game, but when you have a player like Chris Paul who's this old, you never think it would actually happen. But then when Monty said that, I'm like, oh, like you actually were. Like you didn't trust. I'm not saying he didn't trust, but he maybe he didn't have time. Maybe he didn't have the time in practice to really let some of these players like Mikhail Bridges or even mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton have like more of a playmaking um just a role. You know, I'd always just thought, I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. And it might have been the thing last year where Chris Paul was just taking on so much. And towards the end, like Steve Nash, it was just too much. He got too tired. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm so glad, like the whole, all the rumors with SGA and him coming to the Suns, like things like that, where even Flex talked about it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the Suns fans are very excited to get another playmaking guard like SGA. 
uh, a score and someone that can like just extend this timeline even more when mm-hmm. Chris Paul does retire and take a lot of the minutes off this season. Cause that's going to help them in the long run. Like these guys Absolutely. are so young and he's the oldest one there. He needs to like take those minutes down by 10 at least. Right. And they need a guy like an SGA to take those minutes from him where we can just, you know, pile on the wins and like someone that can actually take over this team leading to the future. So it's, it was kind of weird to hear that, but I mean, I guess you have no option as a coach, right? That's the only thing you practice. That's the only thing you have as a game plan is Chris Paul really taking over and being the guy. Mm-hmm. So you have no other choice. So, I mean, you can, I can sit here and be like, Oh, like I was kind of upset. I'm like, Oh, is this another Steve Nash thing? But the guy really has no choice, but to play Chris Paul that much. Well, and he also has a long-standing relationship with Chris Paul and trusts him completely. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, as if I go to you and I ask something of you and I go, Matthew, what are your thoughts on this? Whatever you say, I'm going to trust in you because we have a long-standing relationship. And if you tell me it's one way, then I'm going to follow that. So if, if Monty Williams goes to Chris Paul and be like, hey, you know, maybe we should cut down your minutes and maybe we should start to allow other members of this team to initiate the offense, whether it's DeAndre Ayton down on the block you know, doing a couple yeah. back downs and an opportunity to try to open up some weak side opportunities. Uh, or if it's, you know, letting uh, Devin Booker take the ball up more, you know, think things just as small as that. If you're, if, if Monty goes to Chris Paul and Chris Paul's like, no, no, no. Like what we got is working. We're winning games, which they were last year. So mm-hmm. let's just stick to the script. You know what? Monty Williams is going to follow him. But I think that, you know, the, the self-reflection that Monty Williams had and one of the great points that Monty Williams made during media day today was, you know what guys, this is the first summer that we've had that you would classify as a normal summer. You know what I mean? Like you go back and and don't get me wrong. Like he, he did say uh, that he, the the summer was, was longer than he wanted it to be because obviously (laughs) he wanted to extend the, the sun's playoff runs to the NBA finals, you know, but you go back and you look that, you know, 2019 slash 20 was the last time there was a regular off season. The pandemic shortened the off season leading into 2021 and following the Suns making the NBA finals in 2021, uh, because the NBA was trying to get their schedule back on track. The off season of 21, 22 was shortened and the Suns have been in the finals. So this was the first time and player after player was stating this. It's like, Hey, we actually had an off season and this was kind of the, uh, the narrative that there, there's two narratives that I really found to, to ring true with the, ta- the players, anything relative to the Sarver situation, control what you could control. Devin Booker said it, Mikhail said it, Cam Johnson said it. They all said, just, you got to focus, you know, you can only control what you can control. And the other thing is everybody's saying like, you know, yeah, Kevin Durant, you know, there, there was rumors mm-hmm. about that. There was additions, subtractions, but the one thing that nobody is accounting for, and this is on my, I'll give you and I a little credit, Matthew, because we do talk about this all the time. This is a team that now is a year older. And this is a, this is a young core that uh, many of the players are entering their prime that's now a year older. And they've now had a full offseason to work on things, to develop that skill set. So this isn't the same team as last year uh, when you look at the roster, but it is a it is a better team than last year because that talent is now a year older. Yeah, and they're practicing on their stuff and they have the time. And it's interesting because he, Monty talked about, man, he's like, you're going to see some stuff in these players. And just to hear him say that, you're going to see some stuff where it's going to surprise you. A mm-hmm. lot of these guys have improved that much. And that's exciting because that's what we wanted last year. We wanted last year to go into last year or last summer going into this year, last year 
was that confusing enough? We were just excited <laughs> to see these young guys and their talent to see how much they blossom. But then you realize, of course, the summers were so short. But now we can see it. I mean, they got bounced in the second rounds and they had plenty of time to work on stuff. And they all talked about, including DA, where they've been in the gym and they've been working on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know I saw a comment earlier about DA um, doesn't really look bulked up, but I didn't, I don't want him to get so bulked up. He no, looks I think like it's the other way. I think, I think somebody said he, oh, yeah, somebody said, uh, McCoy said, DA hasn't bulked up. He looked malnourished. No, keep him that way, man. Yes. He's, he's fine. He think just of needs Anthony a, Davis. Mentally, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to bulk up in the NBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, you want to say I always got on Amari for that, but Amari was smart and never did. So so who do you want to talk about next? Should we talk about him? Mr. DA? Watch. All right, DeAndre Ayton. Hey. So what was your perception of DeAndre Ayton on ESPN? How did you take that presser? I loved it. I was actually... <laughs> I was clapping my hands. I it's not like I can't sit here and say, "Oh, this is the DA I've always wanted," right? Maybe he was just tired this morning. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with the media. But it just felt like to me, man, where he's just like it was more of like a KD feel, where he's just like, "The media, you guys can just go suck it." I'm sick of yeah. being the funny guy in a way. I'm sick of just having these jokes, saying things, and then them not coming true. Like he would always present to us certain situations in the future where he's like, I'm the next Shaq. We're the next Shaq and Kobe, him and Booker. You know, that hasn't happened yet. So maybe he's just done talking and he's just ready to prove himself. I I just, I feel like he has a responsibility now to make sure that he will earn his money. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he's upset about the money part, but I think either him or someone told him like, Hey dude, like, you know what? Like maybe some of this was on you. You could have actually got your money earlier. You kind of got paid like a number one pick like you should have. Did you put in the work? Did you do the time behind the scenes? And mm-hmm. we keep hearing that he is now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a different kind of guy. And uh, all the team talked about him being in the in the gym. And I want him to just be a nephew guy. Like, But that's just so selfish. We want that because he's a number one pick. He's a big dude. Cameron Johnson said he's a 2K player. Uh, my player. Yeah, like, if anybody's yeah. going to create one, they create DA. And I'm just, I'm thinking like, I don't want to be selfish to think to myself, like I want him to be that guy. But now that I saw him up there and even like the photos and stuff, he just looks like pissed off his, his body language, his demeanor, everything looks a little different. Just like, he's just ready to go to work. He's sick of talking and he's going to prove to everybody, Hey, I've been working on shit and I'm going to be amazing this year. Enough of me not being a first, second or third team, all NBA center. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he Mm -hmm. has high 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 aspirations this year man to get to because to get to like certain awards to just prove that he can actually be an all-star because he wanted to be an all-star his rookie year so the way the suns team goes you always say the wings i always think it's da and it's gonna be amazing man if this guy comes out and he's just like a different kind of guy out there on the floor and i can just see it but maybe he was just tired (laughs) who knows well it was interesting because DA entered the door right over where I was standing at the time. So everyone was kind of coming in off of uh, the right side of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting their pictures taken. They're doing, you know, the, the holding the ball, you know, like son's country. That's right. Uh, they're doing like that. <laughs> and then yeah. DA came in from the door I was standing next to. And he came in and he was kind of in a jubilant mood. I've said jubilant like three times now. So I'll stop that. He was kind of in a cheery mood. He was smiling. There was a staff member. He like hugged real quick. And then like, yeah. And like, I was standing right there and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When DA entered the room, 
as a fan, you know, like I'm there to cover it for bright side and I will, but like at the end of the day, like I'm a fan, you know, like I'm a, I'm a little kid inside. I'm a, I'm a 39 <laughs> yeah. year old kid yeah. and I see DA and he was the one I was most excited to see, you know, because like, I love DA. I do. I, I, you know, you look at this past off season. I, I said that I didn't think that he was worth a max contract personally, but if they wanted to pay him that I'm hundred percent for it. anything to keep DA. I want DA on this team. I think that what he brings to this team is very, very valuable. So when he walked in, I was just like, oh, shit, hell yeah. And then I see him kind of smile. And it was like I literally saw him smile, turn, and like just go into like a zone. Nice. And you talk about like Shaq and Kobe. He sounded like fucking Shaq. He's like, whoa. Yeah, he did. Like I couldn't hear half of the shit he was saying. (laughs) And I I literally – he's the one. I recorded his entire presser on my phone. And I'm going to go back tonight and just try to hear it just try to understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could hear it while I was there, but I'm like, this is, this cannot be recording. Well, this cannot be recording. Well, and it's interesting because it's hard to really understand how to perceive DA in that moment. Right. I mean, the perception that you got is just like, he's in like fuck it mode and focus mode. And that's what some people took from the DA presser. This guy just looks locked in and focused. And I, I mentioned to Dave King, it's like, well, DA has got a million personalities. Right. And normally he's, you know, kind of, joke in and you know he, he's engaged da this yeah, is a very yeah. disengaged monotone da i mean literally the first question that he gets is a question from dwayne rate dwayne rankin uh from arizona central uh and he was just like what was your initial reaction once the suns matched the pacers offer and he simply replied i was happy it was all done i guess and like that was it and, you know, you're just like, whoa. And that's the opening question. And everything yeah, after that, yeah. you know, they ask him the Sarver stuff. He's just like, well, it sucks. Kind of feel bad for the families. <laughs> you know, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And the way that I perceived it being in the room was disengaged and maybe a little upset. Maybe just kind of like, like, you know, you got to think of the DA saga, right? Like, this is a guy who did not get the rookie contract last year and essentially had to pay the play the entire season knowing that he didn't get the, the max rookie deal when all these people, when he stated he wanted it, when all these people from his fellow draft class received it, and here was a guy who had a play and didn't have it, right? First non, uh, non-first non overall pick to not get a max rookie deal since the, the kid from Cleveland who sucked. Uh, the, you know, I, I don't remember the guy's name. Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. There yep. you go. Um, so, so says Jay's in the chat. Maybe he was up late playing. I'm video. surprised no one said that. <laughs> I'm surprised no one said that. I don't. I didn't see that on Twitter. Justin, I'm going to put that in my fucking article that I'm writing for Brightside right now. It's literally what I'm going to do. Finish up once I'm done here. But uh, you know, I was just like, okay, is this like a sign again of Aitensman mm-hmm. immaturity? But as I've thought about it a little bit more, I think of the maturity he did display last season because he's a guy who didn't get a rookie contract and because he's a guy who rather than swim against the stream and try to go out there and do everything he can to pour in as many points as he can or throw fits when he didn't get the ball. He's a guy who went out there. He averaged 17 and 10 and he helped an organization achieve their highest win total of all time. You know, he did whenever he was called upon, he, he delivered. Did he deliver in the way that Suns fans want him to do, doing fucking windmill dunks and, you know, like the Suns gorilla jumping off trampolines and doing front flips and to make a dunk? No. But he got the job done in the, in the manner in which we needed to get done. And he got, he got his bag, and now I'm hoping he's in lockdown mode. Because as you said, Matthew, yeah, all, yeah. all of his fellow teammates 
were referencing that he's he's been in the gym. They asked him how his summer was. He's like, I got a, I got a, I got a one year old. He's like, I'm playing dad. Yeah, I love gym. that answer. And I was just I like, there answer. we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And it's great you brought up the one year old. I, I love that. I think that um the I guess thing after he was asked about his contract, he's like, I'm happy, and then just like I guess or whatever. That was kind of weird. But I remember Booker used to be more involved in the media. He used to talk more. Now it's just like if it's just a presser or something, he's very quick, very quick and short. That's the way it seems like DA is now. Like he's not as charismatic as he once was, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I just, I hate that. Business I hope we're not only. molding. Oh, what's up? Saying he's like a business only kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I hate yeah. that. Um, I hope we're not trying to like mold him into a certain player that we want. Cause James Jones always said like DA is who he is, mm-hmm. and, but maybe he's just like, he wants that respect now. Because he's like, okay, next time I get paid, I don't want it to be this way. I want it to be a for sure thing. And he knows for sure that he has it in him to where it can be a for sure thing. He could put up the stats. He can be an all-star. It can be a no, he's a no-brainer. He can be like a booker where these contracts come as soon as they're ready. You know what I mean? So I think that this season is going to be interesting. Eight and watch will never die. It's always no. going to be a thing. Well, and I think that was another thing that was was exciting about having him walk in the room. It's like, you know what? DA walked in the room and we got this guy locked down now. Yeah. You know, like he's a member of this team as well. He should be. He, he was a part of this young core. He will continue to be a part of this young core. And then, you know, my big thing was seeing all the other players and Monty talk about his development in the off season. And again, it's, it's it, it, the narrative around DA will always be one that is, uh, that walks that line you know, that essentially is between a, a player who is uh, admired for the way that he can, you know, play with finesse. He's flexible. The way that he plays in the NBA with his kind of current switchability. Or he's going to be somebody who's going to be criticized for his lack of aggression, uh, his inconsistency, and his value for the money spent. Because at the end of the day, like, he's not going to put up max centered, like, kind of no. numbers but he's going to affect this team in a way that's going to allow them to win. And I think that that's important. And I'm not going to lie. Like when he walked in, I was excited to go, you know what? DeAndre Ayton is still a member of this team. And that makes me happy. Yeah. And that, that's it would what make, it comes down is, to. Yeah. And uh, just really quick, uh, Brunus 92 says MVP season. I do agree with the most improved season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be something that DA can get. And I don't really care about those awards at all, but if that happens, then we know that he had a very successful season this year coming up. No, 100%. His odds, I think uh, I wrote a piece on it. I think he's 10th for most improved player. I think that's where he ended up landing. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, go go get it, DA. Go get it. I think he can definitely. Yeah, I was, I was excited. I seriously was clapping and laughing to myself watching. I knew you were. Watching him up there. I'm like, this I, is awesome. I knew. Yeah, it was fantastic. Who do you yep. want to talk about next? Let's talk about this guy. Big Dick. Booker. Good question about his hog. I was just joking earlier, but when Booker <laughs> comes in, you know, it's obviously a big season for Dem Booker. He's on NBA 2K. He, he, you know, he made the shout out. He's like, you know, for all those people who, you know, know that I'm a big gamer, this means a lot to me. And I thought that, yeah. uh, you know, Devin Booker is going to be that one guy who this season, I feel like we're really going to see a difference. We're going to see a, a big difference in a lot of players. I think that Cam, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, we're going to see massive jumps in talent. Devin Booker, I think what we're really going to see is just consistency. He's just going to be locked in. You know, For the most part, he has been consistent over the past two seasons, and that's why the Phoenix Suns have been successful. 
He, he has more peaks than he does valleys. But I think we're just going to see a different level of basketball player in Devin Booker. And, you know, the way he came out, the way he presented himself, you know, it, it was kind of a rocky start because, you know, he again was like, hey, like that, that wasn't the Robert Sarver I know. Uh, you know, every interaction yeah. I've had with him, you know, it's he's been a stand up guy kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of cringy now because, you know, it's like it's like listen to an R. Kelly song or a Michael Jackson song. Although Michael Jackson, you can still listen to and like get past some of the stuff. But R. Kelly, it's like you, you just can't listen to it anymore. It's like, you know, hearing these players talk about Robert Sarvis, it's, it's super cringy. Uh, but once you got kind of past that and he started <laughs> started to share some of his excitement, it was it was really fun and cool, man. Yeah, Michael Jackson, I mean, it can go both ways. Depends what side you take with him. <laughs> Depends on what song oh, it is. Yeah, uh, Booker, I mean, Booker and Sarver, they were, it seemed like they hung out more than usual, like mm -hmm. more than I think a player and owner did. And I think Sarver was always good to him. So, of course, he's not going to see that side. But maybe Sarver did change when Book came. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, I don't even really want to get into it. But yeah, I don't either. Who knows? But he didn't see a lot of it. So he handled the press conference very well. Um I just think that Booker, you're talking about his consistency coming up this year. I just keep thinking about the first two games he played against the Pelicans before he got hurt, especially that first Dude. quarter before the fist bump with the baby. Yeah, He was lights out. Like that fucking player, that's the guy that's going to be this year. Like he's just, he's unstoppable. Just got to take he's care of those be soft tissues, force. man. Exactly. If he can stay healthy, but his next thing is just becoming unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, he's just like the way Ingram played in that series, how he was unstoppable. Like that was going to be book if he could have kept healthy. Um, so I'm looking forward to this year with him. It's just, it's his eighth season. Jordan won it in his seventh season, right? The title. Yeah, but I love when yeah. Booker said like, I'm, <laughs> my goal is just to win the title here. And he's like, I'm not going to leave here till I do or something like that. Like that just, that made me happy. It almost teared up a little bit. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just like, you know, he talked about, you know, Phoenix and he wants to put, you know, being on the cover 2K puts Phoenix on the map and how, what it means to sign that extension and know that he's going to continue to be a part of the city. Again, it's just like, you know, the thing that the Phoenix Suns have done in an environment in which stability and consistency don't very often exist in a league that don't allow for those two things to occur. Uh, we've built a team that is going to be stable and consistent for years to come. Now, a million things could happen. You know, the whole Jay Crowder situation is another thing that every you know player kind of addressed. And, you know, they, they, they love and miss their brother, but they understand the business side of this and he wants what's best for him. And that, and as do they, especially when you talk to Cam and Mikhail about it, you know, that's, a, that's their NBA vet. That's the guy they came up in the league learning from was Jay Crowder. Um, but for the most part, this core will continue to be just that is a core. And it's something that I really hope that Suns fans appreciate because not a lot of organizations have this go around the league and look at it. I mean, you're, you're flipping cards all the time, trying to find the rock right combination. And it's the teams that for the most part have those, you know, you look at the warriors over the past decade and it's their core that's allowed them to be successful because they can almost close their eyes and play basketball together because they've played so many minutes together. And the Phoenix Suns are right there. We're, we're a team that, you know, when these guys walk in the room, it's not like, oh, hi, who are you? Every guy I saw walk up there today was a guy I knew, and, I, and I've, I've written about, I've followed. We have drops for already. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to struggle to come up with a, with a new drop for a new guy because all the guys I saw today had, you know, they're, they're part of this team. <laughs> we're running it yeah. back with a team that's more experienced. And, you know, seeing Devin Booker come up there and display his leadership, display his cool, calm, and collective demeanor, uh, and know that he's just a, a killer. And again, he looked good in them threads, man. Those threads look nice. 
Yeah, they do. Definitely. And um, on all those players, I just feel like when, if we ever do win, um, it'll be one of those things where it's like, see, like we almost traded all this away for yeah. Kevin Durant, who, mm-hmm. you know, it's a mystery with that guy. Um, so you're right, dude. Every player that came up today, I'm just, I got more and more excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the next guy who came up. The award. When, when Kale came up, it was finally like, it, it, it was like mom and dad had been talking at the dinner table the whole time, you know, <laughs> to like tell a joke. And like when Mikhail came up, the first thing he says, let's go Rams, you know, a day after <laughs> Arizona yeah. got to display his action yeah. for his, his Rams team. You know, uh, he talked about again, Jay Crowder. And, and the reason that he wore yellow shoes was a nod to Jay Crowder. Cause he saw him do it in the finals the year prior when the, the, the heat were in the NBA finals in the NBA bubble. Uh, but just hearing from Kale, talking, hearing him talk about, uh, you know, being somebody who, when he first came out here from the East Coast, this was a, uh, he didn't want to be here. He was pissed. And now, like, he loves Phoenix. He loves walking around, how nobody kind of knew who he was when he first moved out here. Now people know who he is. And it's not, you know, as fun necessarily as it used to be. But uh, what did you see from Mikhail during his press conference? You know what? I only saw bits and pieces. So ESPN took it off um, after, I think it was after Booker, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I didn't get to see okay. the whole thing, but I just saw him like just, he was really happy with just being here. He was talking about, of course, he doesn't want to be anywhere else. He doesn't want to play anywhere else. He doesn't want to go back home in the summer. He wants to stay here, which is awesome to hear. Him and Cameron Payne are just, they're so delighted still to be yes. here, right? After the KD news kind of just fell through, they're like, woof, like we're still here because yeah. they want to be. It's <laughs> insane. like, oh yeah, the whole Brooklyn situation, you know, because yeah. his name was brought up in that. So he was just- It was. <laughs> he probably was going to be one of the guys involved and um it's it's crazy to hear him just say you know he loves to hear that much but you see it all the time he's always on twitter engaging with fans and Mm -hmm. you see it on in uh on youtube his videos of him being at the bars and stuff like he wants to be here and that makes it even more special when they do win it but it just makes this team just play at a higher level i feel like just knowing that him and cameron Payne, a guy coming off the bench still trying to prove himself as a guard in the nba just want to be here so that you know that they're just going to play that much harder for this team. And they already have, but then like we said with the whole summer and like, I heard Mikhail looked a little bit bulkier. I don't know if that's true with the whole summer. Bit, yeah. When, he, when, when he was sitting there, like I, you know, I looked at his arm, I go, yeah, it's got a little muscle. Now then when he got up and he walked out, he's still got them skinny ass legs. And I was, just I was like, like okay. was it, was his hand on your leg all the way from the podium? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the guys who I was, Highly impressed by lights, Cameron, action. Did you get a chance to see any of the Cam Johnson presser? I saw parts, just like Mikhail. Yeah. So he is unbelievably well spoken. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to Cam talk. I mean, he he was talking about, you know, obviously if J if Jay Crowder leaves, when Jay Crowder leaves, Jay Crowder's already gone. You know, technically, who benefits from that? Well, it's Cameron Johnson. He's the one who's going to get that those minutes. And, you know, he stated, you know, it's it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate kind of the way that it went down, but, you know, he looks forward to that opportunity. Um, and one of the one of the most mature things that he said is they asked him about the rookie extension, right? I mean, he's somebody who this past offseason could have had a rookie extension occur. Um, obviously, it didn't. And they, they when he was asked about that, he's like, 
I'm under contract. Like I, I I'm, I'm, I'm under contract for a, for a season and it's this season. So I'm going to focus on this season. And I thought it was a very intelligent way to answer that question. Um, did you catch, you know, kind of what his drift was? Yeah. Very well spoken that dude, man. I like, oh, yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to sit and just like bullshit with Cam Johnson. Yeah. I would. Yeah, he's, He's my favorite player for a reason because yeah, he just reminds seriously. me of myself, just well spoken, mm-hmm. <laughs> standing a lot tall, of hair. And talented, <laughs> a lot, a lot of hair, a mole on his cheek, on my chin. Um, he, uh, <laughs> dude, he, he's he's just amazing, and I I think that when you have him and Mikhail as your wings, it's just gonna yeah. be incredible to watch. Like, I heard he looked bulkier. I wanted to he hear looked a question. bulkier, man. I feel like maybe it's the undershirt thing. Does anybody has anybody ever asked him, "Hey, what's the undershirt for? What, I was what thinking, is the reason for wearing that?" I was thinking about it. Someone has about, asked like, him. Is this I hate you know, it. now that you're going to a starting power forward position? Is this the year where you lose the undershirt? Is that something meant for just people on the bench? But I don't think people take me seriously. So you must have a tattoo or something. Doesn't want to show anybody. <laughs> but honestly, like that was he something I used to do though, when I was man. younger. When I was insecure in my arms, when I used to have like. I don't know, rosation on my arms. I used to wear those big shirts that cover them up. So, um, but like, dude, he, he's well-spoken. He knows exactly what he needs to do when he comes into the season. Uh, he's the one guy I think everyone's looking forward to seeing and improving because there's a lot on his shoulders going into the season um, because he's going to be taking over that number four spot. Monty kind of smiled a little bit like, oh, like I can't really say much, but it's going to happen. And we're all waiting for it. And he needs those minutes. He plays so well with Mikhail and DeAndre Ayton together yeah. on the court. So, I mean, his jersey, right? I'll get it someday. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the this is the one to get, man. This is the one to get. I was that like, one. Dude, okay, I want it. Yeah. If I get one, to be the sunburst with him or something. I don't know. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool too. That two yeah. three, that Wayman Tisdale, the two three on it. Mm-hmm. No, I just uh, to your point, you know, he did look bulkier to me. He's the one guy who I walked in. I was like, oh damn, somebody put on some weight in the off season. You know, uh, just. He's a power forward. He's six eight. But he's a modern power forward, and yeah. you know if you talk to the majority, people don't think that he's a solid power forward just because of his size. To everybody, like a power forward's got to be six ten. We got to have the <clears throat> twin towers because you're going to run into those teams that have size, and it comes down to having the ability to play a little five out consistently. And that's where you know we'll talk about Dario, but he was talking about that a little bit. But I think that you know trying out Cameron Johnson at the four. Uh, you know, you're going to lose a little bit defensively, but I think that you gain a ton athletically and that's what Cameron Johnson brings. And he looked like he is definitely primed and ready to be, have a much more athletic year. And I'm really excited to see how he fits into this, uh, into this um, offense w- regularly, you know, with, with regular minutes, you know, you yeah. take a look at, you take a look at his splits last year, right? I just had these up. Let me pull them up because it was very interesting to see how productive he was when you when he was uh starting versus when he wasn't last year right so total games last year he played in 66 uh, if you look at his starts versus his sitting as a reserve um he averaged 11.2 points per game 3.9 rebounds 1.4 assists and he shot uh 42% from deep as a starter he also shot 42% from deep uh he averaged 16.3 points so about five more points, uh, one total more rebound than normal and just half of more of an assist. Um, but the key here is he shot better from the field goal percentage overall. He shot 49.2% versus 44.6%. Um, so he's just he was much more consistent in his 16 starts than he was in his 50 
uh, appearances coming off the bench. It'll be really interesting to see how he performs this year in that role. Yeah, he's a perfect guy next to DA. Yeah. Spread the floor. I just think he is. And, you know, his size, of course, boxing out, that's the one thing. He just needs the to rebounding that, will be on that. The rebounding. Yeah, will that was the toughest thing to watch him try to do in the playoffs. So, yeah, without a doubt. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, though, we do have the return of the Sarich Smoke Break. Yeah, man bun and all. Dario Sarich is rocking the man bun this year. And it was just, again, you see Dario walk in, you're like, fuck, that guy. I forgot about you. you we tried our hardest to keep him in our thoughts last year, but you know what? It just kind of faded away. Like he just, he, he's going to bring a presence. He's going to bring knowledge. He's going to bring connectivity to this offense and to the second team unit that I think is going to be invaluable. I really do. What he does at his position. Remember how successful campaign was with Dario Saric? <laughs> yeah. And look last yeah. season, how unsuccessful campaign was without Dario Saric. It's going to benefit campaign more than anybody. Yeah, and um, John Carl brings up, we'll be softer without Crowder, but have you ever had a cigarette put out in your arm or somewhere on your body? I mean, no, oh, like actually, Dario. don't answer that. If that's childhood trauma, please don't. <laughs> please don't answer that. Um, that's Dario, though. I mean, yeah, he's. I don't know if he brings more toughness, though. I'm not saying like he's replacing Crowder, but he just he he does so much on the floor. You don't you you forget about and you miss right just kind of running the second team good good and bad <laughs> good and bad i mean it's like why can't this guy moment. make a layup <laughs> it's like five three just, putbacks he didn't get one in and he fell on the ground and i didn't see any of his presser um but i did see the pictures and he looks great he looks like goro from our uh yes. he's goro from uh, mortal, mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> looks just like him so yeah, I'm ready for him to be beasting down there again, man. <laughs> uh, he, he's obviously excited to get back. You know, he's somebody who was locked in. Uh, he said, you know, how did he spend his summer? He spent a couple weeks and then he was preparing for Euro, the Euro League. And he's been yeah. playing over there. He's been getting conditioned, uh, which I think is great because, you know, it's, it's a great experience for players when they go and they play for their national teams. Right. Like, yeah. or for the Olympics. Like, I think that was unbelievably beneficial for Devin Booker. It really put him in the mindset of, you know what? Not only do I belong, but like I'm one of the best in the world. So try to stop me. I think it's really valuable for that to occur with the uh, overseas players because they get much more responsibility in those minutes, right? Like Dario Sarch is playing great EuroLeague basketball in more minutes that he'll ever see in a game. Well, probably comparable, but you know, like he's a starter over there. Whereas here, you know, he's he's backing people up and he's not playing in some nights due to matchups. And you know, if, if the Suns. But one thing that I like that he said is like, he's like, you know, one thing that we lacked last year, because one of the questions was, is there anything that you saw the Phoenix Suns last season do uh, that frustrated you? Because you knew if you were out there, <laughs> it would be better, you know, and he was talking about playing some more five out. You know, when you got JaVale, uh, uh, DA and Bismack, you're not going to play a lot of five out basketball. But with Dario, you can. And I think that that's going to be another wrinkle that the Phoenix Suns can deploy in certain situations that are going to allow them offensively to be successful and to throw some curveballs at the defense. You know, you're not going to play five out for an entire 48 minutes, but if you take, you know, like 13 minutes uh, during, you know, for, from the first to second quarter when Booker and Aiton and Chris Paul are on the bench and, you know, you're up by five points and you can run some five out and confuse a defense for a little bit and then add a five point lead and they come back in with 10 minutes. That's the kind of thing you can build on throughout the entire game and ultimately leads to victory. So I think that that's very, a, a very, uh, 
valuable aspect of this Phoenix Suns team heading into this season? I, th- I thought it was going to be, what did you, what did you think you could do better out there? Uh, sit on a ball? I don't know. Like I, <laughs> he's really like, good no, at sitting nobody on a ball. Falls, nobody falls down <laughs> like me. I fall down on ball very well. He's God, like, I can't he, wait to see that guy. His accent was kind of tough. Yeah, he's awesome. And then the last guy before we talk about uh, you know some other son stuff, the last guy I saw before I left. Biz. Biz. Very well spoken, Biz Mac Biombo. Very well spoken. Really, really enjoyed uh, hearing him talk because you know he's one of the uh, executive committee members on the NBA PA, and you know they were asking him questions about a lot of the things that are going on, and he goes, you know, in these situations. I really find it beneficial to just listen and absorb. I was like, hey, that's what I'm doing here today. I'm just listening and, ab- and absorbing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Bismack Biombo. Uh, but he's, yeah. fucking, he's fucking huge too. But uh, he's awesome. Man. Yeah. I he, just, he's just so underrated as one of the best guys in the He NBA. really is. And they yeah. asked him, you know, like, because he was a free agent. He chose to come back here. Obviously, the Suns had to make him an offer, but, you know, they asked him why. And he goes, you know what? I want to be in an organization that has winning at the center of what they do. And that's what this organization does. And I was just like, that's what you want to hear, man. That's what you want to hear. Exactly. Especially from that guy who was a free agent. I think a lot of teams would have loved him. Uh, We got him back. It's insane. And uh, he's just a good guy like that that plays in it for our team. You just know the organization's going the right way. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here today. Uh, of course, the news came down, what, yesterday? What day is it? Monday? God, it feels like it's yeah. Wednesday. Yep. Came down Monday about Jay Crowder. It's Jay Crowder. You know, Jay Crowder, uh, you know, and the Suns came to an agreement stating that they he would not be a member or he would not participate in training camp as the Phoenix Suns yeah. try and explore trading him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that initially, Matthew? Uh, it's it's kind of weird, but it is Jay Crowder. And um, you never really thought that anybody that would leave this team, because we talk about it so much, where it might be a player we might hate or something in the future. I think he's going to get a lot of shit in the future from the Suns fans. I don't think he's going to be hated. No. But, I mean, it's the only way for him to get out of it. One flex kind of cleared it up and said, you know, he's looking for that contract extension. The Suns aren't going to get it to him, so he's going to go somewhere else. It's just that simple. Um, I didn't like the hype video thing was dumb. I thought it was very cheesy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you would need that. You proved yourself here in Phoenix. You proved to be a very valuable asset. Um, knowing that Cameron Johnson was going to take his starting minutes uh, and eventually his the ending minutes of the game, like he would be in the ending situations for the Suns, um, then that's tough for Jay. But still, it has to be done. Like we're not we're not winning uh, with you in the starting lineup. We're not winning with you ending the games. So someone has to take your place, and that's what's going to happen. And he's going to go get his contract, and it's fine. It's not going to mess up any. You know what? Maybe the toughness a little bit, but then we'll watch him on the other team. Like he's a fake tough guy. That's what's going to happen. We're going to say he's Aww. a fake tough guy, <laughs> and he always Aww, has been, right? Man. No, but I don't know, man. As long as he doesn't go to a team like the Mavericks. Or a team like the, the Warriors, some team. Well, are I mean, with, but but the Sun, the Suns determined that though. You know, this isn't a free agent exactly. leaving. You know, they're they're going to trade him, so I highly doubt they're going to trade him to a, a competitor. You know, my okay. question is, with this news, is he now devalued? Because we knew th- there was already rumors that the Phoenix Suns and Brian Windhorst had reported on this last week that the Suns were actively shopping him. 
but it's now come to the point where he's not even included in team activities uh, because they're trying to shop him. And mm-hmm. when that kind of thing happens, we've seen this in the past. We know this because we're Suns fans. These assets are now devalued because, you know, whoever's buying Jay Crowder can sit there and go, well, you know, we were going to give you this, but this guy doesn't want to be there. So, like, we're kind of doing you a favor getting him out of there. So, therefore, we're not going to give you enough. Knowing that this is an expiring contract at the end of the year, knowing that you're not going to get a massive value on it, do you think that the Phoenix Suns will end up just trading him to another organization, um, trying to get some picks and a distressed asset as well that they can ultimately waive? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unless he's included in something bigger, I think it's going to be just like the, <clears throat> the first round pick or something like that. Um, that's what Flex said last time we talked about mm-hmm. it, but it makes more and more sense. That's that's all we're going to get. The Bogdanovich thing already went through. He's yep. playing for the Pistons. There the you Pistons. go. Yeah, so that's gone and that's fine. Um, unless he's included in something else, man. I don't. Is it weird that I just don't care that we don't get back too much? I mean, I don't know who else I would want other than the SGA, but that's a bigger deal right there. Well, that's you know a I mean? deal that leads to a deal kind of thing. And I'll tell you this: like exactly. I wrote, I wrote that piece for Brightside about that about dealing Jay Crowder could ultimately set the path to obtaining Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I broke it down. It's like you know, you trade him to the Knicks, you get Cam Reddish and a pick with mm-hmm. it. You use that pick to get SGA. Man, I got fucking roasted. Not by Suns fans, but SB Nation actually retweeted that article, and people were like, "Darth Voida, you need a you you should be ashamed to write about the NBA and stuff like that." And I was just like, "Really? Yeah, whatever." Yeah, it's I'm you know, it's so weird to of... have an opinion and like it's just shot down. It's like okay, things well, happen all the time in sports where you're just like, "What the fuck happened?" You know what I mean? It's funny because like the the guy who said that, and like I clicked on his profile, and every one of his like tweets or retweets of something or a response to a tweet was something like that like you suck at what you do <laughs> get a new job and he's like a jets fan the guy who was like a jets fan oh of course he's miserable you know exactly it's like you know what always remember that twitter's not real you know twitter's not a real place like we utilize that as a tool to communicate about the phoenix suns uh we have a lot of great twitter followers yeah follow us on twitter at suns jam but at the end of the day, it's not real. None of these people are showing up in my work and telling me I'm doing a bad job. I'm like, dude, I like, I thought it was a, uh, yeah. So says Jay. Says sorry, Voida. That's my burner. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Listen, Justin, if your burner is a Jets account, dude, that is like next level, uh, hiding. Like that, that's some good burner right it there. Make me a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah make myself <laughs> a Jets fan and randomly, we'll never know randomly tell people that follow the Phoenix Suns that you know they should just yeah. stop covering the NBA. But uh. You know, at the end of the day, like when Jay, wherever Jay Crowder goes, like you said, Godspeed to him. Uh, he was a lot of yeah. part of a lot of great moments here. Again, I just think it's unfortunate. And it's it's that last thing that added that kind of cloud over the Suns uh, media day today, you know, with the Sarver situation, with people asking about game seven. And then now Jay Crowder not wanting to be here. Yeah. It was just kind of it, it was a hospital waiting room, as Brian Windhorst said. They they just want to get going. They just want to start the season and just play. That's the that's the feeling yeah. I got from it. They're just ready to play, ready to prove themselves, and they've they're trying to move past this the best they yes. can. Any other questions about Media Day, Matthew? You know, I don't think I have any other questions, man. Oh, uh, if, if oh, what did Win, what did Winher smell like? Did he smell good? Uh, shaving cream. Did he? I, I have, pictured him as that. I got it right up behind him. I'm like, (sighs) yo, on the back of the best a man can get. I don't. That's cool. No, I'm very happy you got to go. That's awesome, man. It's like it's kind of like a dream come true, right? You grew up a Suns fan, and people Mm -hmm. do this for a living, 
and you're just like oh that'd be cool to go to that and you're there you're doing it yeah so, it was really it was really fun very to experience surreal, it. Right? you know obviously it was it was uh fun to represent the jamsters there obviously you know bright side of the sun as well thanks to dave king and, and the bright side people for you know letting me be there and and experience that event it was it was really a good time uh it, and it just got me amped dude, dude. like i'm dude. so ready for the season to begin yeah. to start covering the suns again you know it's just like after game seven you and i were like dude how can we go on and that's how a lot of us were but like you and i have a podcast and obligations to our team and to our fan base uh and to the fan base and we're just like dude this is gonna suck do we have to do this all over again and then like i see chris paul walking in those threads i was like let's fucking go, like, <laughs> like when, when when's opening day yeah. when's opening day like same here let's man. Go. I, I i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait either so uh, you want to get together on Wednesday and, and talk about the Southeast division. I think we've put that off for two podcasts now. We sure can. Okay. I'm let's sure do the that. Jamsters so, are waiting. Yeah. Jamsters. I know you're waiting for us to preview the Southeast division. One that includes the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Rockets, two other teams, the Pelicans. And Oh, what's the other team? Forget. Yeah, well, what's the other team? We'll just throw the Hawks in there. The Nuggets. I think it's the Nuggets. The Thunder. The Thunder. Uh, so we'll be pre. There's still the Hawks in there. We'll be previewing that on Wednesday's podcast. Again, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening or watching this. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew at Matthew Lucy. And on that note, uh, we'll see you guys come Wednesday about eh, carry the one eight o'clock. Oh, I forgot. I was going to show you real quick. This was my. This was my view. Um, for those of you who are listening, you could just like be like, okay, I'm done with this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, where, the, uh, where the fuck did I put it? Is it overlay? What did I do? Excuse my laugh. That last there laugh we, was a here we go. There you go. There is. You can see. So if you look, if you're looking, you can see off to the left, you can see Brian Windhorst and Mark Spears directly in front of me is Kellen Olson. And then sitting right next to him with a little sling on his shoulder is Dave King. Mm-hmm. Dave, uh, oh, Dave has a hurt. Is, yeah. He has a hurt wing right now. He has shoulder surgery. So uh, you have to he, carry him in there. Yeah, he, he, I, he, he hopped on my back, and I was like, "I got you, Yoda." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. So, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Yep, and uh, go Cowboys, and go home, and love your family. Oh, did they end up winning? They won. Ooh, Cooper Rush, three and zero, baby, as a starter. Oh God, Five. fuck Dak. <laughs> <laughs>